set. Places, everybody. And action. Hi, guys. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Triangle of Sadness from 2022, directed by Ruben Oslin. So we're just continuing our discussion of Oscars. Um, this week, we're discussing a current nominee. So we put some selections into a generator, and this is what was selected for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're discussing it with relaxed triangles of sadness hopefully <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> come into it from a neutral place um let's see where we're at at the end of this discussion and if you aren't familiar with the works of Ruben Oslin he is a Swedish director he has done previous films like um Force Majeure which came out I believe let me double check in 2017 mm-hmm. um which was then uh remade more recently i think in like 2020 with uh will ferrell and julia louis dreyfus I, I do not believe anyone even knows that movies existed because it came out like right as the pandemic started fourth majora is from 2014 a lot of his works are considered like satire or black comedies, um, kind of examining different things um, under a satirical lens, kind of like this film, mm-hmm. which is trying to examine class, the ultra rich, and it, according to him, using beauty and appearance as capital. And that was his starting point uh, for inspiration from this film, because in the past he used to work as a fashion photographer, and that's kind of where he got inspiration for this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how successful he was in that, but we'll get into it. And we are also going to talk a little bit about some of the major categories with previous winners, um, kind of continuing our discussion that we had when we last episode where we got a little bit more in depth with our um looking back on the history of how the formation of the academy what was what made up the academy and looking back on like some of the first winners in certain major academies and also go over our picks for the top the big five like Mm -hmm. actor in a leading role supporting role and whatnot well you had a bunch of facts right Yeah, so let's look into some of the major categories, and let me pull up my list. Um, When we were talking last week, um, I had done a little bit of digging into some previous categories, when Ashley and I were kind of looking back and deciding what movies that we wanted to do, um, like what movies in the past we wanted to talk about, and what current picks we wanted to do, we kind of like poured over all the previous winners and we're kind of surprised at what films had won and what films didn't. And with that, I went back and kind of compiled a list of previous winners. Um, And being that we are 
Black Girl Film Club, we kind of have to talk a little bit about like the first in some of these categories. Of course, we have to talk about some of the first with the first Black actress to win in a supporting best um, best supporting actress, and that is Hattie McDaniel in 1939, and mm-hmm. she won for her role as Mammy in Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. And she received that award in a hotel where it had a no blacks policy. So she was disallowed from sitting with her co-stars and there was a big reception hole held at a, another hotel or another venue where she was not allowed to attend afterward. And there was also a big issue with her win um, with the NAACP um, because they felt that her role was a very negative stereotype for black people um so for over the course of her career she received a lot of scrutiny and blowback for its receipt well receiving the war ex- portraying that role and she never really had the career that she deserved but she i don't want to say she like she broke a barrier like she had a role in a very successful film. She broke barriers in being the first black woman, the first black person ever to win one of the first awards for the Academy. And she is a history, like she's a very important person in black history, the history of film, and she deserved to be recognized for it. So it's unfortunate that the NAACP did that to her in her career. Yeah, this would have been the time to say okay you got a bomb ass award now let's let's make a way (laughs) let's all get some better careers out of this and not I mean I hate stereotypical roles (laughs) but this is the time that you should have rallied behind her like why are you gonna punish her she's already being punished yeah like this is the time to like support her see how we can come together as a community what we can do for yeah. her because she needed that support like you're the only person there you're not allowed to sit with your co-stars you know the kind of harassment she's receiving and this is what you do probably said she deserved it <laughs> working with white people girl anyway <laughs> and then from there so like that's 1939 and this is also the best supporting actress so this is not the best actress Mm-mm. the best supporting actress the next winner from 1939 we go down to 1990. So just in the 90s, from 1939, the best supporting actress is Whoopi Goldberg in Ghost. Mm-hmm. So that's a very large gap. And this is for actresses. Um, and then we have Monique wins in 2009 for Precious, Octavia Spencer for The Help in 2011, mm-hmm. Lupita Nyong'o um, for 12 Years a Slave in 2013, 2016 Viola Davis for Fences, um 2018 Regina King wins for If Bill Street Could Talk. So as the years progress, you have more pe- uh, black women, uh, people of color who win mm-hmm. for best supporting actress and most recently um Ariana DeBose wins for West Side Story. And while we were speaking about that. Her, <laughs> yes, like that was so fun and I wish the BAFTA audience <laughs> would have really got into it like Viola Davis and uh who else was bopping with her? 
Um, uh, Colin Farrell. Ja- <laughs> yes, and Jamie Lee Curtis, the only people out there who were like bopping and supporting her. You know, they like, were Jamie Lee and, and and Viola were like, "That's all right, baby, take your time." That's how I felt when I watched the ten seconds I watched. I was like, "Oh no, no, no!" I feel a level of secondhand embarrassment that I cannot experience anymore. It was starting to make me a little sickly. <laughs> so yeah, it. It was uncomfortable to watch, but she leaned into it. She powered through it. But... She practiced it like that. She meant to do it just like, I mean, she was out of breath. That was concerning. We got to, everybody needs to get their breath control back. Yeah. You are a trained singer, but uh, yeah, it seems like they're going to ride this wave for a little bit more. I'm sure we're going to hear about it uh, next week. Or uh, By the time this episode comes out, I guess the Oscars will be a couple days after this. Cause this is actually, we're recording this recording this week before, but they've already referenced it like, on some other what was the what was the last award show it was, i believe it was the naacp award yeah i was like it's a it was a black affair but i could not remember which black affair it was uh yeah uh she seems to be doing okay but yeah i forgot what is she she's afro-latina right i believe so i did not see what's that story so i have not really gotten to experience the magic the 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 talentry that lies beneath <laughs> She did that. Like she did, she did thing. She's supposed to be, she's supposed to be Rita Marino's role, right? Mm -hmm. She was like, like with everything else, like in that film, this was, that was my first experience with West Side Story. Oh, baby. She, I know (laughs) I learned that lesson the hard way. She was like the most vibrant part of the, the entire film. Like she popped on screen. Like Mm -hmm. she was amazing. She carried the whole film on her back. I will say about that. Because everybody else, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I've, I've seen the original, so I was like, oh, I'm good. But thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for that offering, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I don't need any more, but I'm so glad that you thought I would want to see that. <laughs> and then, like, for other major categories, we have, like, Best Actress um, for, like, other actresses we had in 1986 we had marley matlin who is a deaf actress she won for children of a lesser god she was a first um deaf actress to win for best actress and then we had holly berry for monsters ball in 2001 so she's the only black actress to ever win for best actress Mm -hmm. and as we know um, michelle yo is the first asian actress who is nominated for everything everywhere all at once yeah um which is weird they were talking about some other actress that was nominated before but they didn't consider themselves to be asian mm -hmm. i missed this whole thing it was on twitter and i don't even know which actress i have a strange feeling it's anime wong but i feel like that's not that seems weird. <laughs> so I'm not sure which actress it was, but yeah, there was a thing. I'm still on my no uh, New York Times. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Embargo, uh, Defense Squad. I hate them. So I have not uh, had the chance to read any of it, but I feel like they said there's only been like three people, three people of Asian descent that have been, it was a very, very small number for like have been nominated for acting. Yes. And I was like, good um, Lord. <laughs> it's so fucked. Yeah, it's it's diverse. As we have talked about this, like, off mic prior to recording these episodes, it's not good, looking good for diversity overall within the Academy. Um, 
they have to do better. And I know, you know, we've had that uh, Oscar so white and it was started by a black woman and it's more geared. Like, I feel like people are more focused on like black people. Like we need more black people. No, you need more everybody other than white people. Like you need to do better all around. Yeah. And unfortunately the people who usually come in and say we need to do better all around they usually do it when we win and I feel like they don't ever have that that, that same smoke <laughs> when it's an all-white situation it's only like oh okay the blacks won now <laughs> it's a little bit of a little hater energy you know who you are actor <laughs> yeah yeah like I don't like that you're always it's always pointed this is a this is the the theme everything's pointed at the wrong damn direction the ire is pointed at the wrong damn direction it's not right like it shouldn't when we were going through the entire history of the academy like it was so many it was just so many white actors and actresses it's just not enough and the fact that you just diversify your wins in the last not even, t- well, maybe 10 years. Yeah, it's been in the last 10 years. Halle Berry got up on that stage and they closed the door. <laughs> they said, no more of you in this room. <laughs> and I will say there, it is a little better in terms of men. Like, um, I will say Sidney Poitier won Best Actor in 1963. And Denzel did win her training day in, in 2001 with for Best Actor with Halle Berry. And yeah. Jamie Foxx won in 2004 for Ray. Mm-hmm. But the disparity between the black, um, the best actor roles and the best actress roles is different. Like it's. Well, there's more best actors. <laughs> there's yeah. more black best actors than there are actresses for sure. I don't know about the best supporting, but. It's also a little bit more black. Um, supporting actors wins mm-hmm. like you had Louis um, Louis Gossett Jr. He won in 1982 for an Officer and a Gentleman. Denzel won for Glory in 1989. Mm-hmm. Cuba Gooding Jr. won for Jerry Maguire in 1996. Um, so you have a a little bit more in like yeah. earlier years compared to like Whoopi. That gap between Hattie McDaniel and Whoopi is so large. It just has to be better and it has to be better moving forward. You have to keep up this momentum. And also like with the best pictures, like looking at the pictures that have won for best picture, a lot of them have to do with like race relations. Um, Yeah, especially recently. (laughs) Yeah, there are a few exceptions to that. Um, one of them being Moonlight, which that y'all know about that. You know, what's so funny about Moonlight is that people still think it's underrated. (laughs) I'm like, at this point, I don't really know what to tell you. Like, I don't know what to tell you. If you get the best picture, like there's not many other things that you can get (laughs) after that. Like that's, that's, that's where it all ladders up to. And then you you have to keep watching the movie, sure. But after that, I don't know what else other awards you want to give the film. <laughs> it was a shitty way that they got it, absolutely. But I was like, I don't know. 
feel like sometimes people try to make stuff into underrated stuff. I was like, we barely talk about La La Land anymore. <laughs> Not almost one, but we talk about Moonlight plenty. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm going to cut all this out. <laughs> yeah, but like Moonlight, we know about that. That was like dealing with a intimate black lives. Like you saw black lives in a different lens and it's a beautiful film. We, I love it. Five stars. Another one that is very different compared to everything else is Parasite um, from 2019. And it is also the first um, Korean film to win. First foreign um, film in general or non-English, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. Non-English speaking film, I believe, which none of the actors or actresses were nominated from that movie. Yeah, that was weird. No, it was not weird. It was just I, racism. Yeah, like <laughs> not even weird. We know what your game is because that's because <laughs> I think the same thing happened with Slumdog Millionaire. Apparently, I was like, look, the little dad was acting his little ass off. Even Frida Pinto had it. No nominations, but it got Best Picture. Jai Ho, <laughs> Jai Ho. That soundtrack with the Pussy Cat Dolls went off. Um, I never listened to that song, but yeah, that's the weird thing. It's kind of like, well, we'll give you this little little crumb. I mean, it's a good crumb, but we're not going to give you individual accolades. And then Coda, um, which is uh, about a deaf family, um, which is a little different from pretty much everything else we've looked at uh, that kind of deals with like different like that's not a war film that is not that features like more diverse stories so like we have in the heat of the night one in 1968 <laughs> driving miss daisy oh. one in 1969 um crash <laughs> one in 2005 curse content oh gosh we had to watch that in college that is the most cursed content of ever cursed content and then, uh, and then you have Steve McQueen, his uh, 12 Years a Slave won in 2013. Mm-hmm. And this year's best pictures are, they're, the nominees are very different, it's I a, would say. It's a very, uh, uh, oof, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, was, they like, <laughs> let's mix it up. Yeah, and it's made worse by the fact that they keep, every so often they're just, they change how many films get nominated? Um, so now I think it's back. It's been back up to 10 for a while, but I'm just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, is that the only way? <laughs> is that the only way from five to 10? I think it was. Yeah. yeah. I forgot which year they increased it. Forgot but I know last year they were like, let's put every film that was released in 2001, um, 2021 in the bag. Like, let's do that. Only three films were released last year. Let's put them all in. Yeah, what was last year? Let me look at last year. Last year was um, (laughs) this website. This website's good, but also it stresses me out. Oh yeah, Coda, Belfast. Don't look up, don't look up. Girl, drive my car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, (laughs) Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. I can tell you I hated more than a few of these movies straight off the bat. I actually saw a lot more of these movies than I realized. Um, but who chow? Also, when young Timothy Chalamet was like, I was in two Best Picture nominees, 
I thought he was joking, but he was dead ass. <laughs> he was wait, oh, wait, he was, he was in, in Dune. And... Don't look up. He was in Don't Look Up. Oh. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> we'll talk your shit. Young sir. <laughs> Did not he realize. He was in an- another one in the year before, too, because he was in Little Women's. Little Women's, which is a good movie. I finally watched it, and I thought it was very cute. You know, that 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 Greta Gerwig, she be tapping in. I don't, I don't know what, she, what kind of secret power she got, but she be tapping in sometimes. Sometimes I'm not with it, and sometimes I'm like... He finished show up as a little Dow man in Barbie. <laughs> He's not in Barbie. <laughs> I wish I wish he would <laughs> replace a few people in Barbie, but uh, he's not there. But yeah, that uh, last year, the film community I think hated Coda because <laughs> I ain't heard about it since. It's on Apple TV Plus, y'all. If you want to check it out. Yeah. Oh, you know what the movie I was thinking of too is that people talk about. Who is it? Ashton Sanders. Not the movie, sorry, the person. They're like, he doesn't have a very great career after Moonlight. And somebody was like, he was literally just in another Best Picture nominee. <laughs> and I'm just like, do we not actually count the Oscars as anything important? We count them as important until they're not important. Everything is subjective. It's fine. Yeah, because I was just like, he's, I know you did, all didn't like Judas and the Black Messiah, but it's right up there <laughs> in the Best Picture nominees for 2020, I believe. 2021 sorry so yeah it's, it's very interesting how we will take a movie and be like yeah it's a fucking best picture and then something then <laughs> if it gets nominated and you never hear about it again they're like eh. <laughs> it's very weird it's how i don't know our perception of the awards are quite strange and with that do you want to go over our picks for yes. the big Five? Yeah, what is your big five? Because I looked it up because I think I didn't put in best supporting actor. I have actor, actress, director, screenplay, picture. Oh, I did. I didn't do director. Yeah. I did lead actor, supporting, actress, and then picture. Okay, well, we'll just have and... to have different ones. <laughs> your big five and my big five are just about to be different. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, okay, well, who are yours? I could toss in a director now, though. Okay. If you feel the if the spirit moves you. Actor in a lead role. My pick is Colin Farrell for uh, Banshees of Insurance. I think I said that right. Don't get me. In a Sharon. Boom. Mm-hmm. I agree. That is my pick. I agree. He was really concerned about that poor baby Jenny. <laughs> Jenny! <laughs> My nigga Jenny, RIP to the guy. You didn't deserve that shit, girl. You was out there just living your best donkey life. It's not right. It's not right. Mm-mm. And that's your best pick. That's your pick for actor in a leading. Colin Farrell is my choice for actor in a leading role. Uh, that's okay. between Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser, Paul Maskell, and Bill Nye. Which nobody's being. I keep seeing Bill Nye pop up, but I don't ever see. I never, I don't have any idea what this movie is about. It's called Living. Yes. Um, but I would say that Colin Farrell has grown so much as an actor, like just in, I feel like the last like 10 or so years, probably since The Lobster was the first time I was like, oh, you picked some interesting roles. You be, you be doing some stuff. Because before that, he was in all these big budget blockbusters and he just had this certain personality that was like oh this man to be taking shit seriously <laughs> you don't take this job very seriously and uh he had a pretty i feel like he had pretty standard 
like choices of movies back when he first popped up on the scene with his arm around Britney Spears. <laughs> and I said, get a job, get away from her. <laughs> I didn't know who he was, but I was like, I don't like it. Uh, but I feel like this role, I feel like The Lobster, I feel like After Yang. And there's another one that he's been in recently. And I was like, all right, you be doing shit. I like, I like this. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I like looking at you, but now I like what you do as well. <laughs> So yes, I agree. I forgot about After Yang. That was really good. Yeah, he's got a nice like sensitivity to him, to his roles. I, I'm I'm excited to see what he does. I don't know what's gonna happen with that Penguin show. I'm a little worried, but <laughs> that's supposed to happen sometime this year or next year if HBO doesn't shelve it. But yeah, a little nervous, but I'm excited to see what he does next. He's doing. Oh, he's supposed to do a um a thing with Andrew. Is it Andrew Hay? I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, but he made a movie called Weekend, and he also made a show called Looking, which have to do with a lot of uh, issues with gay men and kind of things that they, like the expectations they have for each other and stuff like that, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited! <laughs> and then we have actor in a supporting role. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have Brendan Gleeson for The Banshees of Anna Sharon. Um, Brandon Tyree Henry for Causeway, which is on Apple TV Plus. I you haven't got it. watched it. I haven't. I'm I'm a terrible person. I just feel bad. He's great though, but I haven't had a chance to get into it. Yeah, I, I saw it. It popped. It popped up. I might get to it. <laughs> um, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans. Um, you're gonna have to help me with this one. This is my spaghetti boy. Um, uh, I think it's Barry Keoghan. Keoghan. That might be, not be right. Anna Sheeran, bless him heart. Um, and Ki Hui Kwan for everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. Um, I don't have a pick for this one because I didn't pick anything. <laughs> but which one do you think? I think Ki Hui Kwan is probably going to win because I did too. His is more geared about his story. Yeah. And his performance in the movie is really good, but it's about his story as a performer. Mm-hmm. Especially since he got ran off of there for <laughs> no roles that he could do. And what? why did people talk about they want him to do short round again? Don't, don't, do not like ruin this man. Like, how dare you disrespect this man's dignity <laughs> by su- suggesting that he take up that stupid role in that awful movie again? Yeah, like I, that racist shit. <laughs> Like when I was younger, I really liked Indiana Jones, right? That's just what it was. But looking back on those movies as an adult, it's it make a chest hurt. They not the second one is the worst. Like I like the first one. I like Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I like um the the third one that I cannot remember for the life of me right now. Unfortunately, I like those two. The one in the middle. That one's really really bad. Uh, I don't know how you can fall so far (laughs) from Raiders to like, it's it's bad. Like, why would he want to take that role back? Like, I I know he's like a very good natured person. He's just, you know, he's just very happy to have this career again. But, and I think he said like, oh yeah, I totally, no, 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 no. If you win this award, you better not. (laughs) You better not debase yourself. Key, don't do it. You can see how, Harrison Ford don't want to be there. Like Harrison he's old Ford, and grumpy though. Yeah, he mad. <laughs> like he don't want to be there, but he at the same time he be like these motherfuckers ain't taking these roles. Oh, he he does not about it. 
He said, he, I'm going to die being Indiana Jones. I will not let you have this. Cause then he said, he said, you gotta put me in the ground before you take this. That's exactly what he said. And Steven Spielberg better not give it to nobody else after this. <laughs> Just let it die. Let the roll. I don't let the, let the, let things end you guys <laughs> let them end. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I mean, there's been some upsets. Barry's coming through a lot. I haven't seen much for Brian. Unfortunately, I don't know why. Um, He's getting lost in the shuffle, lost in the fold. And I haven't really seen that much for, for Brendan Gleeson. I mean, he did a good job, but I feel like yeah. Barry and Key are the ones that have been really sweeping it lately. Key, most of all, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> you stay up on the stage. Don't get us wrong. Like, even though we said that, like, that performance and everything everywhere all at once or EEO, EEAO. Yeah, get it is right. So <laughs> good. Like, it's yeah. fun. It's a fun performance. He he got hurt. Like <laughs> he it's, got it's hurt. great. He it got hurt. Yeah. You can see he is a performer. Like he he still got it. Like But a, a lot of a lot of things factor in. It's never just gonna be about the movie or the performance. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff is gonna factor in. You just have these people that you're just like, yeah, I want them to win because I like this movie, but also I like what they have been going through, or I like where their tra- their trajectory is moving towards that kind of stuff. It's never just the movie. Like, give me a break. <laughs> Anybody yeah, says like, it's just the movie or just the role, girl, don't lie to yourself. And honestly, kind of like the likelihood that Brendan Fraser might win for the well because of um, his story. Yeah, yeah, people have been missing. Uh, but oh, girl, it might, also, it, it might be Austin. And that's the crazy thing. That's going to be a wild one. <laughs> it really might be Austin. I think he just won a BAFTA. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. Lord. I forgot that Australian man. That fake Australian, <laughs> the Australian Anaheim man. Then <laughs> she swear it's from down under. It's from around the corner. That Australian man just did that. And then we have actress in the leading role. So we have Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna de Armas for Blonde. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> bad. Andrea Riceboro for Two Leslie. Uh, Michelle Williams for The Fablements and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Ooh, child. I don't know this about this one. tight. It's going to be between Michelle Yeoh or Kate Blanchett. Yes. Those would... Know. That's my two. Yeah. Honestly. I don't know where Anna... How she snuck in to this situation. I don't know. Because nobody liked that movie. <laughs> they, they left a window open and she climbed in. Honestly. I feel like... I don't... I feel like they were like, damn, you did a good job in a shit movie. <laughs> it's like, oh, Poe Baby nomination. Because they talked about that movie like a dog, which was right. Yeah. But I don't. I really don't know how they did that. The movie, I do not encourage anybody to watch. There literally is a talking fetus in there. You shouldn't have said that because I, when the first time I heard that there was a talking fetus, I was like, wait a minute, I am suddenly interested. So <laughs> leave the it, talking it, fetus out of the conversation. It, it tricks people like into like, oh, it's a talking fetus, y'all lying. And then you watch it, it's like, oh, it is for real. It's like, hey, mom, what's up, girl? Yeah, I heard. And, and, and it looks it bad. That. And it yeah. looks bad on top of it. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't, everything about that, entire thing the book sounds cursed the lady who wrote the book is definitely cursed and mm-hmm. the performance sounds cursed as well so shout out to you netflix for another great outstanding feature 
what's the next one? What's your next one? So we have actress in the supporting role. So we have um, Angela Bassett in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, um, Hung Chow in The Well, um, Carrie Condon in The Banshees of Insurin, um, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere um, All at Once, and Stephanie um, Hugh. Stephanie Hugh. Hugh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. So. Oh, Jamie Lee, you're getting on my fucking nerves. <laughs> my pick, because. It should be, and like it's not. It should be. It's because I want it to be. It's. I'm gonna say Angela Bassett, not because I have seen or liked Wakanda Forever. I just want Angela Bassett to have an Oscar because she should have one. Yeah, Angela Bassett needs an Oscar. Like that's just what it is. Have you seen how Stella got her groove back? Like, have you seen any of the movies? Have you seen Nine One One on Fox? (laughs) Like, when she pulling babies out of pipes. Like, uh, it just annoys me how the Academy does this because they do this all the time. They'll give somebody an award for something that's like, okay, and then they ignore all the, the times they actually should have been really, truly worthy of the award because this, this is this is a real and just and fair world. Uh, this would have been for uh, what's love got to do with it. <laughs> this would have been exactly. decades ago because they did this to people all the time. They did it to the Martin Scorsese and they did this to, I don't know who kept getting the award over um, my dude in cinematography, Roger Deakins. I don't understand. I don't understand that. He didn't have an award until maybe like a couple years ago. And that man's been working since like the sixties or seventies, mm. <laughs> like probably maybe earlier. I don't know his entire filmography, but it just drives me crazy. Like that's how they're just like, Oh yeah, by the way, you know, you, you aging out. Let's, let's give you something on your way, <laughs> on your way let's out. A little, little sprinkle. Of I hate that. Now I gotta pretend that this is an award for a movie that I enjoy rather than a movie. I'm probably never going to watch. The Academy is low down and dirty. <laughs> Like, go to bed, Joseph. Go to bed. Like, <laughs> she deserves it. Like, do Jamie Lee Curtis really need an Oscar? No, she does not. She's getting on my nerves. Her and those hot dog fingers, are, are they are starting to wear down my very last nerve. Your daddy was fine as hell, Jamie Lee. But girl, I'm your tired mom, of it. You're not, your mom was an icon. Legend. Yes, a screen legend. <laughs> your daddy is a screen legend, a comedy genius. Um child stand up there at your big a you're talking about you and nepo baby sit down please we know you're here with the kids we love you jamie but see and she don't even have to do that because they love her for freaky friday all you gotta do is get your award and and go somewhere and stop giving people covid (laughs) like jamie she's getting on my nerves we love you there was nothing in that movie that was deserving of an oscar not one thing in that movie that was deserving of any sort of award i promise you that could have been a cameo i mean cameos probably get awards too but no i don't think it was deserving i would like to see stephanie get something because she's been shut out for every single thing and then just nominated is a big deal but um she had a very i mean she's very young she's like 32 or something she did a very good job holding her own against all these very uh more experienced people uh, in her cast and she had a huge range of emotion like some people didn't understand the the everything bagel but I did I got it I understood I was with her on the everything bagel and I just find it kind of a little bit I don't know something's not right there something's a little 
Like, are they campaigning more for Jamie Lee over Stephanie? Yes. Which is dumb. That's obvious. It's dumb, though. All she did was put some fucking hot dogs on her fingers and toes. (laughs) Being a fat suit. Yeah, leave me alone. See, this is why I can't. You want me to take this shit seriously, but then this is the shit that gets it over somebody who did a good job. Two people who did a good job because if she gets up there over Angela Bassett, (laughs) I really will never talk about the Oscars again. I swear to God. Okay, what's the next one? Um, I'm trying to see. That is the big part that I had. Yes. Okay. I have director. Okay. Which was uh, Martin McDonough. That's probably not how you even, God bless me. Fred Bansy's and Sharon, uh, the Daniels for everything everywhere. Steven, Fiel- <laughs> Steven Spielberg for the Fablemans. Todd Field for Tar. And uh, Ruben Osland for Triangle of Sadness. I feel like it's going to be the Daniels, but it also could be, it could be a lot of these people actually. For me personally, I would say three-way tie. Yeah, it's going to be a tie. It, the Daniels, their creativity really shone through and <laughs> the work that they put out, their directing was really smart. Like they put together a really great, film for their vision that they had for the movie mm-hmm. Todd Field I I have I think I like his movies a lot uh-huh. cuz they're about complicated subjects and complicated people like Lydia Tarr her autobiography <laughs> and Tarr like this is a biographical film about a real person no. but like <laughs> Lydia Tarr is fucking trifling no she's awful it's a complicated film to watch, um, but the directing is really good. His, his films are just good. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have Steven Spielberg with The Fablemans. We keep saying Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. He put himself out there in a way. Yeah, he put his whole business out there. My goodness. Mm-hmm. And wow. I didn't. I haven't seen it, but I've heard enough that I'm like, "Ooh, child, that seems like a a very cathartic experience for for." the spiel and then regardless of what happened like he put he can make a movie like whatever movie you watch by him you're going to be in awe of what you're seeing it's very rarely when i'm like oh shit steven you you slacking over here my nigga like it's not you're not doing it the way you used to have it uh maybe west side story that was looking a little bland it was looking a little dry looking a little brown uh, <laughs> looking very drab in comparison to the original movie which is like there should be some color what happened to the color story with this <laughs> with this movie i had some doubts with that one but i mean what am i supposed to say like steven spielberg you trash that would be a lie <laughs> like you personally speaking i don't know about you but like your movie be hot <laughs> It's honestly, I'm sorry, it's hard to say something about Steven Spielberg that's bad because, like, he made the blockbuster. Like, he he changed the game on film. There's not many movies that I've seen of his that I did not like. E.T. was one where I was like, you, I don't know what anybody was on in 1982. Y'all were on some other shit with this one. But everything else is very, yes, skied up (laughs) as Brittany is showing me. Skied up that last bit right before <laughs> the party stopped in the eighties. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going. I don't know who's going to win. I have a feeling it's going to be the Daniels. I don't know about Martin for this one. Could be Tar. I don't know about Triangle Sadness. 
I don't know about that one either. (laughs) Two-way tie, maybe? Two-way, three-way tie? Okay. Mm -hmm. Who was my next one? Oh, screenplay. I don't think any of the adaptive ones are that great. (laughs) To be honest, I don't even know what Top Gun Maverick is adapted off of. Unless it's adapted off the original? Is that what they mean? What is it adapted from? Is it from a short story? What is Top Gun based off of? Top Gun is based off of... What is Top Gun based off of? Right? I was going to say, Top Gun is based off of Top Gun. (laughs) (laughs) I hated... I don't want to say I hated it, but I didn't think Glass Onion was that great. Not in comparison to the original one, whatever that movie was called, I cannot think of right now off the top of my head. Um, Knives Out. Yes, thank you. Uh, I was looking more towards original screenplay. I think it's going to be The Banshees of Anna Sharon, um, in my personal opinion, because there are some lines in that movie where I was like, ooh, it hurt. <laughs> if you ever had a, a friendship end very, very weirdly, that movie is definitely going to put you in your feelings a little bit. And um, Martin has a weird filmography because he did in Bruges, which I like, but then he does something like that. Um, the three billboards movie, <laughs> like what's going on over there. I don't like that. But then seven psychopaths is fun. So it's just, you know, a roller coaster. Uh, I mean, he got some hits. I believe he got an Oscar for, Oh, Francis McDormand and Sam Rockwell both won for their three billboards. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I guess he's got the juice. I don't, I don't really want to watch that movie, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And then best picture. I don't know what to say. How do I say this? We got some sneaks. <laughs> some people snuck in <laughs> into, the, uh, into the party. Wait, do, okay, list out the best picture nominees. Cause... All right, we got, a, we got a couple party crashers in this list. I'm not going to lie. So we got All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, Way of Water, Banshees of Sharon, Elvis, Everything Everywhere, Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. I looked at this list and I was like, this is a lot. And I'm not really married to any of these. I wouldn't really care either way if any of these win. <laughs> I'm going to be real honest with you. But I don't know. It's a toss up because it could literally be any of these because sometimes, sometimes the Academy likes to do a little skirt skirt and trip you up at the last second. (laughs) It could be women talking. You never know. You literally never know. It could be Top Gun Maverick. I don't think they'll do it for Tom Cruise ever. But there's so many movies here that absolutely could win. It could be all quiet quiet on the Western front. You know how sometimes the Grammys will nominate somebody, like they'll have a best new artist to somebody and everybody will respond like, who the hell is that? This is what it's giving. My... Thing. Okay, I have two picks. Okay, one is going to be either everything, everywhere, all at once. Probably because of the story. Yes, the whole entire award season story. Uh huh. And then my other pick is going to be Tar. Okay, based on what the movie is about, like the actual film itself. Mm-hmm. So. Like, if you aren't familiar with Tar, you got a complicated character who has done despicable things. She's a nasty but woman. she gets a second chance, essentially. Like, she may not be where she is in the beginning of the film, but this foul bitch get to come back. <laughs> <laughs> like, she, she is still really gets terrible. a chance at, re- like, she's not at the status she was before, but she still gets a chance to come back and possibly 
return to the scene that she was. Yeah. And she's, you know, she has that backstory of her being like a low down country bumpkin. I mean, not country bumpkin. She's from like Jersey or something. But, <laughs> you know, she remade this whole image for herself and it just got away with her. Yeah. Like Lydia Tarr is foul, y'all. Mm-mm, she's a mess. I saw that movie in the theater and I was sitting there, I was like, should I like her? But I don't. But what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I mean, I don't really, I don't really care about liking the star of the movie, like the character. There's plenty of things I watch that I don't like any of the characters at all. Um, as long as they're not annoying, <laughs> it's fine. The entire cast uh, or uh, the entire character list of the succession fits not very well. Don't like any of them. Um, maybe Greg, but I don't know. I was watching this and I was like, what am I supposed to take from her <laughs> exactly? Because she's a nasty bitch. But yeah, I, I mean, it will be interesting to see which one, because I honestly can't pick. I don't know. I, I don't know which one I want to win. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I might be a little bit like, what the fuck about Elvis, to be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then Elvis could come. Oh, yeah. Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood. You got glitz and glamour and exploitation of the industry that you you work in. Like, he was an actor. <laughs> yeah. is, that, is this story about us? Is very much that. <laughs> from <laughs> from, from uh, Euphoria. Was Babylon not able? Was it released too late? I'm assuming it's no, gonna be- I think it was released. It might have been released in time, but I think they wasn't fucking with it like that. Interesting, considering. Oh, yeah. Babylon is a fun time, y'all. Like, if you got 17 hours to spare, if you yeah, got I one don't. full business day to spare. <laughs> <laughs> I almost spared a business day to watch this damn movie, so I don't know about all that. Um, yeah, I saw somebody say that that Babylon felt very close to La La Land, which I think was very interesting um, because if that's the case, <laughs> some yeah, people might, but some people might have to walk back all the things they said about six or seven years ago. <laughs> it was, but it is like a musical. Like they put on numbers, they give you pizzazz, they give uh-huh. you rah, rah, rah. And I was like, yeah, this makes sense. This He loves music. I get it. Because he made a, he wrote a screenplay about this film where this, Elijah Wood had to play a piano. He gets shot. So that's I, like, I want to cool. see this. Is, is this is is this in a movie in existence? Not that I want yeah, to see called, him shot, but I it's just called Grand it. Piano. Okay, um, and Chazelle wrote the screenplay for it. Okay, Damien, what we doing? What we and doing? it might be on Tubi. Still. Of course it is, because what else mm-hmm. isn't? <laughs> oh, what isn't on Tubi? Um, interesting. Oh, he directed First Man. That is such departure. Interesting. Oh, he directed Whiplash. Why did I not know that? Yeah, he likes music. Like, he a music man. Did he learn? Did he study music? I don't see that. Oh, he wanted to be a... Oh, he was a jazz musician. He was a jazz drummer. That's where the Whiplash thing came from. Interesting. I didn't know that about him. But I also thought that was very funny, considering all the vitriol (laughs) surrounding La La Land. When the movie starring the Affleck brother was right there, <laughs> nobody's turned around and said, maybe the real enemy <laughs> is here. Nobody did a fight the real enemy, ripped the paper up on SNL thing for the Affleck brother with the weird voice. Nobody thought about that. This is why, this is about the time where I stopped liking the Oscars and award shows in general. Like I was like, I'm not going to watch this because the way people were acting around that, um, 
around that show in particular before we even got the weird sort of like oh yeah by the way moonlight one thing even before that i was like there's a lot of there's a lot of agginess it's getting very aggy over a movie that you have not seen i just can't i don't know i can't really get into it i feel like you have to watch the movie if you're gonna have that much of a of a campaign against it <laughs> unless it's just straight up gross like blonde I don't think I need to watch that one to be like, no, I'm good. Thank you so much. We don't need to have that. But I just find that really funny because a lot of people who are the loudest people online do not watch movies. I'm finding that really obvious. Yeah, you got to at least watch it, see what you think about it. And if it don't vibe with your person, what you think, then it's just not for you. Yeah, I'm not trying to say like you have to watch every single movie ever, but I'm just kind of just find it very suspicious <laughs> sometimes. I was like, damn, did you watch this movie at all? <laughs> did you watch any of these movies? No, you got an attitude about it? Okay. I thought this was supposed to be for fun. I thought we were just celebrating. I know it's a mess and I know it's a low down dirty industry, but I just want to, I just thought we were, it was a classy party, you know? I thought we were here to have a little, little, little bit of a giggle. Um, I just do, I also, before we get into the movie, I just want to give a shout out a recommendation for a movie that's not in the big five. It's the uh, nomination for best documentary feature film. It's Fire of Love. Please watch this movie. It was so good. It was so sad, <laughs> but it was so interesting. Um, it's about this couple. Let me find their names. Um, they were volcanologists. Uh, so they studied volcanoes and they met because they both kind of grew up liking volcanoes and they met in college. They realized they kind of had the same weird, very specific <laughs> interests because how many people really want to go right up to the edge of a pouring lava volcano, <laughs> a, 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 a volcano in the middle of like erupting <laughs> and be like, oh yes, let's get really close over there. Let's get the film right up in there. Let's get the camera lens right up in that bitch. <laughs> who, how many people do you know who grew up right next to you? have that niche love uh, that you can share with them. And so I think their name is Katya and Maurice Kraft. Um, they were both French uh, volcanologists. And it's very interesting because the whole thing is told through their footage from, um, I guess, the 60s through the 90s. So it's really cute, like, not cute, but like the style of footage is very retro just from the time period that it was made. So it has a very, it's very clear too. It's like good fitted footage. They used to make films about volcanoes and that uh, has helped um, with some like public service because they made a film about gray volcanoes, which is like your Mount St. Helens, your uh, <laughs> Vesuviuses, the real dangerous ones. And uh, it actually inspired a town to evacuate like 30,000 people or something and like saved like a whole bunch of lives. Um, which, and, and other times there have been um, there have been instances where they had alerted the government to, this is in different countries, not in France, um, they alerted the government of one country to evacuate people and they said it would be too expensive. Uh, and they said they should evacuate them because there was a chance of mudslides and that's exactly what happened. And they don't know how many people died. They have no idea. And it's all because the government said it would be too expensive to evacuate them. And so all these people lost their lives in the middle of the night and it was really sad. But the film is really good. 
there's like animations and their footage is great. And for some reason they want to make this into a feature film, like a fictionalized version with actors playing the people. It's not necessary. <laughs> it's not necessary at all. This movie's like an hour and a half long. You can watch it. Anybody can watch this. So I just want to give a shout out to that film. It's going to be on Disney plus, I think um, exclusively, but right now it's on Hulu. So Definitely watch it if you can. Um, I thought it was really nice. And also I was in the middle of watching it and I, they kept making like, like foreshadowing statements <laughs> in the narration. And I was like, don't tell me they, they perished together on this volcano. I'll cry. <laughs> so it's a very sad movie, but it's very good. And they did very good work. It's a, a thankless job to be going up to volcanoes and metal suits and shit. <laughs> very thankless. Cause Lord knows I wouldn't do it. Uh, so yeah, I just want to give a shout out to that one. I'm not sure if they televised the documentary awards at all. Um, I'm sure they'll be making tons of jokes about the slap to really spotlight some really good movies that you might not have heard of this year. Anyway, that was all mine. I think we're good. I think yeah. we're ready to get into it. Yes, I wonder which like picks will be the right or not the right one, but the the ones that win. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Maybe we'll have to have a follow-up. I don't know. Maybe we'll mention it somehow. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's going to be upset. I'm really just there for the fashion, honestly. I want to see the fashion. I hope Michelle Yeoh gets her award. And um, I hope I never have to see those hot dog fingers again. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> I'm not. I'm They're going to be at the after party. She's going to be giving everybody COVID anyway, girl. <laughs> at the after parties with the hot dog fingers. Oh, mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm. what a hot ass mess oh what if it's paul mescal that's gonna be weird oh i forgot about that man i need to watch that movie i haven't seen it either i want to i watched normal people and um that movie or that show is very very white <laughs> not in the cat not just in the cast but just in some of the things they were talking about. And I was like, is this really all necessary? This is all a lot. But he's the best part of it, I thought. And he's mm. like a baby actor. He's only been in like a few things and like some plays and stuff. Everybody's like, mm. who the fuck is this man? And I was like, he's, he's coming up in the world. He got nominated for a Golden Globe, I think the same, or an Emmy. One of the two, the same year that Zendaya won her first, I think. Ah. So he'd be coming up. He's, he's you know... He's doing things. He seems just as confused as everybody else, so <laughs> as, as to why he's he's like, this is great, but what the fuck? <laughs> I think he's a sweetie. So okay, let's get into the triangle. Let's get into the Botox triangle. <laughs> the the triangle of sadness. Yeah, relax that triangle. If you feel that your brows are pinched together, just relax that. Make that smooth. That's your triangle. We want a happy triangle. We don't want a sad one. Yes, we don't want a sad one. All right, take a deep breath. Relax your sad, uh, your triangle. Relax your triangle. And let's talk about this movie. Um, this was an interesting one. This is also a very long movie. Did not realize that when we suggested this. No, my bad. Baby, when I looked it up on Friday, I said, excuse me. <laughs> Let me watch this right now. <laughs> I was going to watch it a little bit later in the night. And I was like, hell no, not no 20, two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lengthy, Ooh. lengthy, lengthy trip on the ocean. 
how this movie isn't even on the boat i thought this movie was gonna be about them on this cruise like the whole time and it wasn't even about that it was just a bunch of other shit that happens after before and after the boat is like the i feel like the boat is one of the shortest parts maybe not the shortest because the beginning is pretty short too but what an interesting time so before we begin officially talking about triangle sadness i will say that it did win the palm door Mm -hmm. for 2020 the square ruben's other movie also won the palm door and that is also a very long movie or maybe i'm just sensitive i don't know no two and a half hours is pretty long (laughs) oh that yeah that's a minute okay I got to put this on my list. I see my girl in it. So who who's in this movie? Who's who? Elizabeth Moss? Oh, I mean, she do she do come with some some hits, you know. But I just don't have the I don't have the time. I think this is on Tubi as well. If you would all like to watch the Square, I hope I'm saying the Square and not the Circle because I'm having some some troubles. So what is this movie about, Brittany? This is your suggestion. Oh God. Hmm. Let's get into it. So this film is about, it starts off with a couple who gets an invitation to go on a luxury cruise um, for the ultra rich, um, where they spend the days on a very high class luxury cruise and things begin to break down and go awry. And we have a Gilligan's Island type situation. (laughs) <laughs> and that is essentially what the story is about and it kind of devolves from Gilligan's Island into uh, I want it's not quite Lord of the Flies yeah but it, was on, it was on its way it was on its yeah. way it was almost there we were getting there yeah if, if we hadn't decided to take a little hike no, the hike was about to be the issue. <laughs> the, <laughs> the hike was about to be the Lord of the Flies, for real, for real. It was a lot of ideas going around in the film. Just a lot, just a, a, a grab bag of class analysis and um, political and economic theory and um, body image, <laughs> I think, as well. Body image versus monetary gain who's responsible for paying for things i don't think that's the right way i want to say that but you know who is who if you make more money should you pay that kind of thing gender roles all the good stuff yeah the ideas in this particular movie wasn't exactly as cohesive as i thought they would be yeah Um, they were saying a lot um but was it said correctly Mm. what was the solution yeah but we'll get to we'll talk about a little bit more of that at the end because girl i mean we can talk about it through the beginning because it starts off pretty much right when when the movie opens because it opens with like a modeling um what are those i girl i want to say go see but that that feels wrong that feels very tyra (laughs) i I guess is that is that i don't even remind me of like house of style mm. where they had like those model <laughs> interviews from way 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 back when where random persons like interview models and it's like hey boo what's your name he's like my name is marcus yeah this and it's like can you jump up for me and get this treat 
and it's like, Girl. I guess I could do that <laughs> for you because that's kind of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a lot of male models, they're shirtless and jeans because that's the requirement for, I guess, whatever agency that they're going to interview for or designer they're interviewing for. Uh -huh. Um, and they're being interviewed by, I would assume like a YouTuber or. Yeah. I felt like a YouTuber. I mean, it was a good camera. It was a very good camera. It wasn't like, you know, some, you know, a phone with like a microphone attached to it with like a boom mic <laughs> on it. It looked legit, but, um, I think, I don't know what I thought. I don't know what I thought this was going to be. <laughs> I, I didn't, I like the premise to me as it was presented was like rich people on a boat. Yeah. So I thought we were going with rich people on a boat. <laughs> yeah. And male models never strike me as being very rich. At all. No. I feel like from what we, again, I don't know much about the modeling world because to everything I know about modeling, I was introduced to by America's Next Top Modeling, Next Top Model. Yeah, I mean, and it's changed a lot too because there's influencers and stuff now. It's all kind of quote unquote democratized itself, <laughs> even though, I mean, I don't think that's really entirely true, but I wasn't expecting any of this. And they're doing this bit where the host says something about if you're walking for a expensive brand, you frown. If you're walking for a cheap brand like H&M, you, you, you're a happy boy. Yeah, you're happy. It was a lot going on. He was asking them to like, okay, pretend like you're in, you're walking for, I don't know, Dolce Gabbana, somebody, I don't know. That's probably not the best person to mentioned but pretend like I work for a high fashion brand and they're frowning and I was just like damn how long is this gonna go on for and then he's like pretend like you're working for H&M and, <laughs> and smile he had to do them over and over and over again and I was like this is so goofy and I was like you I guess this helps I guess if somebody sees you doing this like models get found in the most random places so it's not like it's a complete waste of time but it just seemed like watching like a bunch of dogs <laughs> doing tricks for treats it feels like when my mom would try to teach the dogs to lay down if like you're supposed to feel this way because essentially this is what this portion of the movie is about it felt bad um <laughs> it felt uncomfortable watching him like you got to be a frowny boy you got to be a, a happy boy you got to be a frowny boy um Ugh, that's probably really what this, happens too he had to do this for at least 20 minutes hell this character his name is carl by yeah. the way, he's one of the protagonists in the film. Yeah, um, he had to do this for like at least twenty minutes or so, if not longer, before he was even called back for his formal like walk in front of the casting directors for yeah. the show. Yeah, because at one point the guys also asking about their sexuality and stuff, and I was like, damn, I think this kid just wants to walk up and down with no shirt on. <laughs> I don't know if he wants to talk to any of you people about any of this stuff like he just wants to get up there and, and do his shit and go home so he goes up there well he goes inside I guess and they're asking him all these questions and I don't really think they're really convinced by him and they asked him to walk like twice and one time he walked the first time he walked 
I don't know. I don't think male models walk that well. It's not like watching Naomi Campbell walk. It's just watching some guy. It's not inspiring to me. I'm sure there's great male models, but like, ew. <laughs> it was not giving anything. I can't even think of a male. Like Tyson Beckford. That was the one I thought of. I thought of two, and they were Tyson Beckford and Tyrese. They were literally the only yeah. female models I can think of. Yeah. Um, I mean, friend of the show, uh, dream friend of the show. <laughs> Channing Tatum used to model yes (laughs) and he looked good with that one photo that everybody always posts all the time when he he was bald or something like that but um I just don't I don't see it I don't see it at all but they were looking at him and then they were talking about can you relax your triangle of sadness like that little spot in the middle of your eyebrows and then they said that maybe he could get Botox this kid can't be any older than like 25 or 26 (laughs) he's really young and he didn't look like he was pinching his eyebrows together maybe I wasn't seeing it you know they're looking for stuff I'm not looking at I'm looking at the whole thing they're looking at specific parts and details that I'm just not trained to do because I'm not really I'm not a I'm I like fashion but I don't really be looking like at your at stuff that they were looking for I would never have suggested Botox for this man and I don't even think he he doesn't get the show does he I don't think he does not with yeah. that particular brand. not that casting <laughs> poor kid and then I think the next scene is what that fashion show Oh, first of all, I think too, they wanted, they said they used some words when they were describing, <laughs> I feel like it was the guy who was describing um, them, the guy with the high, the house of style guy or whatever, where he called one of them an Aryan Ubermensch. And I was like, I think he was saying that is this what they want like do you think about the diversity of the show or something like that because one guy was there was like a black guy I think and I feel like there was maybe an Asian guy maybe if I go back and watch it I'll have to see but I don't know if I'm gonna do that (laughs) so I thought that was very like oh I mean modeling and class things you do get kind of put in these little labels or whatever but I was like well that's a bit forward <laughs> like, what's this, this little redhead kid gonna do <laughs> I think he's redhead or maybe brunette or dirty blonde but thought that was kind of like whoa there what's going on what are we trying to say this is the first thing I was like all right and then they play born free by MIA <laughs> which if anybody knows that video and that song that was the first single she released for her like what is it like third album I can't remember which album it was um where she had a bunch of the video for the song was where they had a bunch of gingers (laughs) a bunch of redhead people get rounded up the same way they do immigrants um get rounded up by border patrol and murdered off this off in the desert or whatever and it was very, very highly controversial. <laughs> and I don't really bang with MIA like that. She's kind of out of the my realm of understanding right now at this point. But that was a very interesting choice of song. Hmm. Very interesting. I don't even know if it's on YouTube anymore. I think it got pulled down off of YouTube. It might be on there again, but it was a very highly controversial <laughs> music video. So I was like, that's a very interesting choice of song. Um 
and they're doing spray paint on these guys, on these models during the song. And there's feminism. The word feminism is spray painted on the wall. <laughs> I was like, this is very heavy handed. Um, but I think the next scene I was thinking about was the fashion show where he goes to that show and um, he gets moved out of his chair basically <laughs> by a weird synth, uh, series of circumstances where a bunch of people get moved out of their chairs and they have everybody get up and move down one and he gets pushed out of his chair. So he was on the front row at the very end and then he gets pushed to the back. Hmm. You know, little... I don't know foreshadowing things maybe who knows and also the did you see the backdrop of the fashion show it was supposed to say every one's equal now another moment like another thing you kind of have to key into for later this is like five minutes no not five minutes this is probably like 15 minutes into the movie and i was like okay hit me in the fucking in back of the head with it ruben uh also there was a quote that says cynicism masking is optimism and then there we get to the dinner scene, which is kind of long. Um, uh, and this is when I was like, oh, he's a brokey. He's a broke boy. The dinner scene was like, okay, one of these people are broke. Who is like, who's the broke one? <laughs> um, and so Carl is dating a model slash influencer named yes. Yaya. Yes. So... They're in a really nice restaurant. Uh, the check comes. Everybody's looking at the check, but no one is grabbing the check. They gave so the check like, to him, too. Like, pay for it. He's looking at it like, okay. And she's like, thanks for paying, babe. And she's still on her <laughs> phone. She don't even look at it, which, like, I feel like that was the right, that if you don't want to pay for it, don't look at it. <laughs> And she was not even pretending that she would maybe offer. She was like, thank you, babe. Yeah. And this sets off like a situation. And he's like, hey, you remember last time when you said this time you would pay the check? And she's like, what? He's like, yeah, (laughs) when we were discussing things like you were like yeah I got you on the next tab because you're great and I love you Carl or some shit and she's like just pay the fucking check basically but then he kept making it seem like it wasn't that like he was mad about it but he didn't want to be I don't know he didn't want to like own up to the fact that he was mad about it yeah like, he's like it's not a not a big deal but I have noticed in my mind that I seem to pay for this check quite often. Like when we go out to eat, you know, I I tend to pay for things uh, often, but it's not a big deal. You don't have to worry about it. I just noticed that you didn't reach for the check when the check came and you said you were going to pay for it. And she was, she's starting to get annoyed, which personally, right. Just pay the check so we can leave. Then he's well, the problem for me was, is that he kept being like, well, it's not slipping to gender roles like everybody else is doing. <laughs> I was like, girl, this is only somebody, a man would only say something like this if he ain't got no money, like straight up. He makes it an issue. And she's like, is this a problem? And he's like, kind of a problem. 
was a problem, but he was acting like it wasn't. And I was like, if you're not going to own up to it, then leave this girl alone. And then he, I think she ends up paying. She ain't got the money on her card either. No. So then he pays. And it's a whole big thing. They just go back and forth and they fight about it. And they end up going back to somebody's house. And he calls her a bullshit feminist <laughs> because she won't pay for his fucking food. And I was like, this is so trifling and musty <laughs> so they end up like in the car they have like a big argument about like gender roles and he's like we need to be partners like if we're romantic partners like i want us to be best friends i want us to be equal mm -hmm. and i feel like if we're doing things together like one of us should pay one time one of us should pay another time this is just how we were to be and she's like, well, I don't want to fuck my best friend. So <laughs> you just need to pay for stuff sometimes. That's just how it is. And he's like, oh, uh, okay. And then she gets out of the cab and the cab driver's like, bro, if you don't get out this fucking cab and go fight after this lady, she going to leave you. And he's like, I don't know about that, sir. And he's like, I know what I'm talking about. If you don't get out this fucking cab, it's done. So he takes the cab, uh, cabbie's advice and he goes after her. Um, but they continue to fight. And when they get back to the hotel room, what I found concerning and kind of like this should set off alarms in your head, Carl, <laughs> with she said that she can be manipulative and get people to do what she wants. She also admitted that she doesn't like him. No. In the way that he probably likes her. She is using him for engagement as a brand like as part of her brand because he's a male model and she's an influencer and they work well look good together on social media so mm -hmm. she's boosting her numbers yeah um, and gaining followers that way um yep. and also like when her career is over like what can she do next the only thing that she can do is become a trophy wife which <laughs> i don't know about all that because Honestly, if you're a model, like there are other avenues. Yeah, but she ain't gonna take them. Yeah, because like I know who Cindy Crawford is. Cindy Crawford. I don't know who Cindy, Crawford, I don't know who Cindy Crawford's husband is. I don't need like I know he's a rich man, but I don't know who he is. Don't bring up Cindy Crawford, because after that conversation we had about Austin Butler. Please don't. <laughs> I know who Christy Brinkley is. I don't know who her husband is. Like, I know who I the models are. I don't know who they, I know who, I was about to say Emily Retta. I know who Emma oh, is. I don't know who her ex-husband was. Nope, I have like, no idea. I know who these women are. I don't know who their partners are. So Yeah, but she's the one too. She's going to be like a basketball wife. Like, she don't care. Don't, <laughs> she don't, don't sell care. yourself short if you are able to manipulate manipulate yourself into a fucking brand deal she said it's better to just be a trophy wife and then she ain't gotta do shit because really honestly in the rest of this movie do she does does she know how to do anything no so she already knows she knows what her life is like she knows what she can contribute which is her looks she has nothing else to give she has no interest in giving anything else either like i understand you know don't sell yourself short but if you don't have anything to sell in the first place then you're not selling it yourself short because there's nothing there <laughs> there's nothing to and, give and like carl like she's frustrating on that end carl's frustrated on his end because he's like okay 
Like if someone told me, I don't like you in the way that you like me, or basically I don't, he, she's saying, I don't like you for real, honestly. Yeah. I don't like you. I'm using you for branding purposes. Are you okay with that? He says, I'm going to make you love me. And I was like, you're a loser. <laughs> it's like, no, like you can't do like, no, like this isn't sustainable long-term. It's not going to work. They don't, don't care. Don't do this. Don't do this. This you type can find of person, another brand person. Duh. That's the thing. You're just going to use him until he don't, um, until he like out. <sighs> what am I trying to say? He is going to run out of his usefulness for her. And as soon as that happens, she'll find a new person. He's just useful right now. That's where the manipulation comes from. I don't know how he's useful anyway, because he's broke as hell. So I guess he's just very good looking. We didn't get to see their Instagram. I'm sure they have a joint Instagram. (laughs) Or maybe she just takes shirtless pictures of him in bed or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what the, the, the ways that the kids are doing this nowadays. I don't follow couples online. I don't really follow influencers that like, that much either at least that type of influencer <laughs> maybe like a home influencer <laughs> but not that type but she's not interested and he's a dumbass um who cannot pay for um he cannot pay for dinner can't pay for anything sounds like um because who called the uber <laughs> who called the uber probably her he's a loser i'm sorry i did not feel bad for him and um <laughs> i think i wrote down carl you a victim <laughs> have a lot of crit- I can't I don't want to read my critiques Carl on air because might as well that's where the place where it is they they bad like Carl he's Carl's a big time loser yeah like Carl it's not going well get it together baby boo because it's not looking good for you no mm-hmm. no it looked bad the whole time and so then we have part two the yacht um so we have the kitchen workers. We have the three, I think there's three to four groups of workers, depending on how you slice it. So we have the kitchen people. We got the cruise staff, which is like the, you know, can you go give me a towel type people. And then you have the cleaning people who seem to be all people of color. Mm-hmm. And then the maintenance crew who are maybe people of color and also Greek. <laughs> so very, very uh, distinct racial lines <laughs> across um, this boat. And it's, I don't think this boat is really nice. I'm going to, I'm not a boat person, but this isn't like no big ass boat. I feel like this is like a baby boat. They kept calling it a luxury, but I was like, this place is kind of ugly. <laughs> this is, this is quite ugly. Carl and Yaya are on this boat because they, uh, I guess one of them got a brand deal to take this trip and take photos, post it to Instagram, give them promotion and then, you know, free trip out of it. Also, Mm -hmm. at one point they say that Carl and Yaya don't even really make money because she mostly gets free stuff. (laughs) I know there are influencers who actually make money, but this sounded very ridiculous. (laughs) I was like, okay. Because sometimes influencers are, honestly, they give me just a slight bit of an advantage over like a Mary Kay saleswoman, (laughs) to be honest. I just don't, it's just advertising. You're just shilling advertising. Yeah, I, I kind of, I don't understand, like I understand influencers. Like I understand what you're doing. concept. I get it, but 
and like I understand like specific influencers like I get if you are like let's say a hobby influencer Mm -hmm. I get that but lifestyle influencers I honestly do not understand no it's really weird how can you sell someone a lifestyle day-to-day like there's no way the average person which of course is the point um can live like this or live like you or do any of these particular things girl like i just don't i don't get it like no i i mean i don't get me wrong i understand the whole point is just to sell things get people to buy things influence the market but i just don't i it's just it's all very silly um so what was i gonna get at i guess they're taking pictures this whole thing i don't even want to harp too much on the boat honestly (laughs) but there's a lot of different people on this boat there is a russian guy named dimitri who calls himself Mm. the king of shit because he got rich selling fertilizer in the 80s and 90s which i don't know why that sounded nefarious but it just did (laughs) and um the uh, one German woman, there's a German woman and her husband named Therese and Uli, or Therese and Uli, sorry. Um, and she had a stroke, so she can only say one German phrase, which I believe is Inder Vulcan, which is head in the clouds. The clouds yeah. Sure, all these people have their head in the clouds, why not? Um, and she can say nine, which is no. Um, there's also some other people, there's like a guy named J- Jono, Jamo? The rich guy who's there by himself. <laughs> yes. He just sold like his tech company. So he is rich, rich, rich. Why would I say like, that they're like not believing him? <laughs> they're like, he's rich, 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 rich. Like sure. one thing happens and he's like, sure. Like, thank you for taking this picture with me. I'm going to buy everybody Rolexes. Yeah. Like, which is odd. Um, Cause they're all rich too. So I was like, I guess that. Is that what y'all do? Jorma, is it? Okay, my bad. I think his name is Jorma. I don't know why I kept thinking it was something else. And there's a, uh, what, who? Oh, Paula, who's the chief stewardess. Um, there's Vera, who is like, between Vera and Lou, Ludmilia, who were like Dimitri's girlfriends. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, what is up with this relationship? Because she's fixing his collar and she looks age appropriate. And then here go uh, this other one <laughs> asking him for um, stuff online or something. Like, can we buy this? <laughs> it was very, very weird. I could not figure out what their relationship was. Um, there's a bunch of other people. Uh, we'll narrow it down in a second. <laughs> but the, the big thing on here is there's like three big things that happen. One is the lady, Vera, gets mad at the girl, one of the, the stewardesses, because she won't get in the hot tub. The girl keeps saying, I can't get in the hot tub because I'm on duty. And the lady's like, I demand you get in the hot tub. <laughs> and oh. then she goes from demanding she gets in the hot tub to making everybody get on the damn water slide. All the people who work on the boat. Uh, get on this water slide just for her pure amusement because everybody needs to laugh and have fun and and enjoy themselves or whatever. Even though she also told the girl to shut up. (laughs) I command you to enjoy this moment. I was like, all right, that's very weird. Um, Oh, she said it'd be fine because Dimitri's going to buy the yacht. Yeah. Like 
the woman kept trying to politely tell her no. In all like, different oh, kinds of I, ways. I'm going to go get permission. Oh, no, I can't do that because I'm on duty. Oh, don't worry about it. I got money. Basically trying to throw money at it to get her to concede to her demands. And eventually the woman just told her flat out no. And she's like, had never been told no before. And her reaction to it was making everybody stop and take a break in the middle of the day to get on fucking water slides on the boat. Yeah, everybody, the engine guy, all the stuff. I was like, um, does is that how a ship works when everybody can just stop doing their job? I don't think that's how that should work. And even the people in the kitchen have to stop. And the guy, like the head chef was like, the food is going to go bad if they stop working because they're supposed to be getting ready for this captain's dinner. The captain who was played by noted, um, not germ believer, <laughs> Woody Harrelson, <laughs> um, who has been locked in his room getting drunk the whole time. Like he won't come out. He won't say hi to anybody. It's very, I thought he was in there doing drugs, but apparently he's just in there getting wasted, whatever. I think they they do the water slide. They have this dinner. The dinner is a hot ass fucking mess because the boat is basically tipping back and forth the whole time because of the storm. Because they told the captain we shouldn't have this, the captain's dinner on this day because it's supposed to be a storm. Then they said, he's like, yeah, we should have it that day because he wasn't listening. And they have it anyway. I don't know why they did that. I think because Paul is a pushover and a loser <laughs> as well. <laughs> Paul's another loser. And they have this dinner and it is just a hot ass fucking mess um, because they all get sick. I thought it was seasickness, but I think it was because the workers left the food unattended for that long to go swim in the ocean. I was thinking at first I thought it was seasickness as well. And then I thought it was bad food. And then I was like, well, is it like when people get that like mysterious cruise virus that people get? But they get fucked up. But it was only the people eating. Yeah, it it's, wasn't. It's so it wasn't any bad. of the stewardesses. It was bad. At one point, Vera is asking for champagne uh, to make it better, and everybody's like, "No!" <laughs> like the like, like, get water, get water. They were telling her she needs to eat something because it'll make the seasickness better. But then I guess if it's not seasickness, it was gonna be bad anyway. And then they say, <laughs> she throws up so much. This whole entire scene for like I don't, I don't know how long the scene goes on because it, it it's extended. It goes beyond the dinner. Everybody's throwing up. Um, one guy, I think is 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 was it is Jarmo, is literally on the bathroom, like on the toilet, just shitting his life away. <laughs> and I was like. Not diarrhea as well. I didn't need to see splashback on the back of the lid. <laughs> that's disgusting. I'm not squeamish like that, but I was like, that's a bit too much realism for me. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. I I was prepared for like, like, okay, we're doing a puke scene. Okay, that's what we're doing. Oh, but, that poor lady. Oh. Vera was sliding on the floor. <laughs> in the throw up and she was just rolling back and forth because the boat because she was trying to hold on on. she was trying to hold on to the toilet because nobody could get any like the boat is moving back and forth so much that nobody can stand up and then even if you didn't get seasick you probably i mean that's not true because the workers weren't seasick the stewardesses weren't seasick like the only people who were seasick are the people who were eating. So that's why I was like, it's probably the food. But anyway, it wouldn't help him by the fact that the <laughs> the boat is like 
it's going at such a severe angle like there's nothing they can do and then it's made worse by the fact that the captain because he doesn't like fine dining he just had a burger and fries i don't even think he finished eating but him and dimitri start talking about capitalism versus communism because i don't know why he just decided all of a sudden that the captain was a communist i don't know where he got that from i was having trouble where was the thread yeah i i don't know i feel like they were just drinking and talking shit and then that was just the idea he formed and it was like all right let's just talk about this at length for 15 minutes while people slide around and cute longer than that that was long ass fucking time because paula was paula was beating on that damn door like please please <laughs> do something and um <laughs> they're like trading quotes back and forth from like ronald reagan and like marx and i didn't get all the quotes but it was just so much like a it felt like a twitter conversation between all the yeah. co- communist cosplayers, because at this point, everybody online has had such ill will with me that I'm just like, are you actually even really? <laughs> are you legit? It was a, it was just a straight up Twitter conversation, and people just yeah. like trying to one up each other and then laughing about it, like ha 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 ha. But we're still on this luxury yacht. Yeah. And during this, Dimitri kind of like slips away and gets into the captain's quarters and locks the door and starts saying, the boat is going under. The boat is going under. <laughs> the boat is going under. So like- oh, and all those people start getting their life jackets on and then they fall. I thought somebody died. That lady fell so hard down those steps. I felt bad. like these are terrible rich people. But I was like, God damn, dude. <laughs> Yeah. And speaking of people falling and hurting themselves, I forgot the old lady and the man from Britain, because a lot of these people from different parts of the world, um, which I think will matter, you know, in the grand scheme of the metaphor. <laughs> uh, this lady, what's her name? Clementine. And uh, I don't know what his name was. Maybe Gerald. Who knows? Um, I keep calling him Gerald because that seems like an old British guy name. So that's what his name is now. They... We're talking to Carl and Yara at dinner and uh, Gerald says something like he, they're talking about what they do. And oh yes. Gerald says money. Yeah. But he's talking about what he does. And his thing was like, he does something. What? Oh, let me get that. Oh, sorry. Let me update. Gerald's named Winston. That's even more old money. (laughs) He has a family business that makes and sells hand grenades. And mm-hmm. I think he said they, what did he use? He, he said some sort of producing, some sort of engineering for blah, 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 blah. It's a lot of like tech speak or whatever. And then Clementine clarifies that they're hand grenades. And Winston says they've been responsible for upholding democracy all over the world. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And then they're talking about how they used to make some other products, then all those UN sanctions cut into 25% of their business <laughs> and they're pissed off, but they made it through. They succeeded <laughs> when those people tried to leave them for dead. And the thing that they used to make was landmines. And where do you find landmines most of the time anyway? Do you find them in, in Western countries? Most of the times, no. <laughs> this is such a a disgusting group of people. I think they were the worst. And they were so blase about it. 
He's like, yeah. Like, it was literally, like, casual conversation over, like, the introductory day where everybody's just like, hey, what's up, girl, type conversation. Yeah, like, what do you do for a living? Do you like to paint? I like to play golf. (laughs) It was so blasé that I was like, ew, disgusting, gross. The intercom thing is still happening. The captain and them are going off about how the people need to pay their taxes and how the people on this boat are disgusting people and um, they're bad people. But I was just like, that's fine. But this is also starting to feel like a Jon Stewart (laughs) interview where they're just like, well, you told those... You told those conservatives about themselves. And I was like, they don't care. Girl, they do not care. So what is what is the method now? You've been doing the Daily Show type shit for what, since 2004? Earlier than that? What is, where are we going with this? Mm-hmm. Like, is this how it's going to be? Like, oh, liberal eviscerates conservative person. Like, I'm so tired of that. This is what this movie felt like <laughs> in parts. I was like, this is not going to do anything to them. Telling them that they need to pay their taxes. They know they need to pay their taxes. They do not give a fuck about that. So now what's this? Like, now where are we going to take it? Like, cool. Like, this is, I'm glad you can tell rich people directly that they're terrible and, and full of shit. We do it on Twitter all the time, but they don't care. <laughs> so now... Where are we taking it from there? Are we going to take it farther than that? Like, it just doesn't seem like it's doing enough to me. That might entertain other people, but I feel like that kind of thing of like telling people about themselves, that only goes so far. And most people are too far gone to really give a shit. Some people just have the inability to have that message register. They're like, never going to oh, have a register. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You're talking about me? Oh, I'm in this conversation? Oh, this play, this film, this piece of media is about me? Wait, Ew. this message applies to me? Like Parasite, when everybody watched Parasite and it went one ear, went through one ear and out the other. Yeah. Isn't that so crazy how they were hiding underneath the table? Like that kind of thing. When I had to endure that for like a year and a half. And where'd that get us? Nowhere. So I think at this point, at one point, oh, I'm sorry. I wanted to write this one quote. Woody Harrelson's character talking about, I'm a shit socialist. I have too much. I'm not a worthy socialist. And I was just like, okay, okay now that you know, what are you doing about it? Enough talking. Where is the action? It's not enough to just say that stuff. I'm sorry. I, Terminally online, I see it all the time, just people pontificating about their liberalism or communism or whatever. And I'm just like, where is, what are you doing with that? I also thought it was very interesting that Cleaning Crew just came out at that next moment with the precision of the Marines. (laughs) Yep, they were like, oh, bad dinner, we got it. Fuck it, put on the headphones put on some death metal and start going. Mm-hmm. And this is when I, when beans went real left on the, on the boat. Also when I almost threw up as well, um, because also things escalate in the storm because <laughs> Paula is trying to fix things because it's too many people puking, shitting, rolling around in it because as the cleaning crew is 
cleaning everything up. The toilets are working too hard to get everything down and they just can't take them. It's just too much action for the toilets on the boat and they start to back up and overflow. So <laughs> they start going down the hall. So everything is covered in shit, basically. And it is disgusting. And also the power in the boat goes off um, because Paula is constantly trying to make things com comfortable for guests because how dare ultra rich people be uncomfortable for one second. Um, she's working for that tip that she thinks she's going to get. Um, and so she tries to fix everything and the lights go out. So in trying to fix the lights go out, she makes the power go out permanently. And then there is an accident where the boat gets shipwrecked. No, it doesn't. It stopped. The pirates oh. come and blow it up. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a shipwreck. It wasn't. I was like, damn, this is going to be the worst thing that happened to them. And then the next day I was like, well, shit, they're still standing. How amazing. And then you see a boat, a speedboat roll up. <laughs> with uh, some people with a hand grenade and they throw the hand grenade on the boat and guess who picks it up with her dumb ass, fucking Clementine and her raggedy ass warmongering husband. <laughs> Talking about, is this one of ours? Mm. And he's looking at it, he's like, oh no. <laughs> and then the boat blows up. Mm. And that's, I think when the boat sinks and we don't see how they get to shore, but they do. But there's like a very few amount of people who actually make it. What is it, like five or six? Yeah, about that many. It's Carl and Yaya. It's Dimitri, Sans' girlfriends. It's uh, Jarmo. Jarmo. Uh, Therese. And yes. uh, somebody named Nelson, who Nelson. was not on the boat. <laughs> Apparently was on the boat. And I had debated if he was on the boat for, not, for a little bit. And I was like, I think it was not on the boat. <laughs> and then him and Dimitri get into it about being on a boat. Yeah, that's the first he thing. He's like, I didn't, I've never seen you before. Who are you? And he's the only black guy. And he's looking a little, mm -hmm. he's looking a little worse for wear. I'm not going to lie. And he's like, you don't have an outfit on. He's like, I was off duty. <laughs> he was a pirate <laughs> he kept saying he was in the engine room but i was like the only person who's in the engine room was that guy it was like a muhammad or something i was um, like it was somebody it wasn't him and i was like what's he on the boat i was like dimitri being racist anyway but I was like, yeah i was like wait but were you really on the boat <laughs> i was like ah you know what i don't I don't know if this man was on the boat, but too late now because he's stuck there. <laughs> yep, everybody is on the island. Yep. Um, and who else? Um, I think that's everybody for the first night, and then the next night, a giant. Um, I guess this is like, a lifeboat, but it looks like a submarine from like it looks, <laughs> it looks, it looks like, like a, a Nickelodeon blimp. Board. It does. It looks like a Nickelodeon blimp, but also like the Beatles yellow submarine thing. It looked very much out of like the nineteen sixties. I was like, is this real? It's like some lifeboat with like a cover over it and like like you can shut the windows and stuff when it can fit like 23 people and the person who's on the boat is abigail who was i guess head cleaning woman or something mm -hmm. she was one of the cleaning crew and she i believe she's played by filipina actress dolly delon 
uh, which mm-hmm. is the first thing I think I've ever seen her in. Uh, but she is the only woman of color on this island with the rest of them. And they, first of all, the first thing they ask her, not even if she's okay, not even what happened, how'd you escape, but bring us the food off this boat. <laughs> He's like, hey, is somebody in there? It's Abigail. Start working. You got to yes, start distribute the, for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, distribute the water, distribute the chips. Like, I don't care. <laughs> we have to get these people. Um, we have to keep these people comfortable. I was like, you're on a fucking island. Like, you've been stranded. You People died. <laughs> you know, all the people that you were just with a few hours ago. There's, a, and there's an animal on the island that's terrorizing y'all. <laughs> like, you just hear animal noises. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all wasted oh. y'all flares the first night. Like, a bunch of dumbasses. Y'all haven't eaten because you don't know how to eat. You can't, you're not survivalist. I'm not going to like disparage anybody. If you put me on a desert, like a deserted island, girl, I wouldn't know what to do either. I'd probably cry. <laughs> probably sit there and cry. But these people are so greedy and nasty. The first thing they are like, give us water, give us food, fuck all this. Nasty group of people. And then, like, the thing about it is, I feel like y'all should have seen Lost or something. Some, y'all should have seen like Gilligan's Island or something. Some, they have seen it, but they didn't internalize it. You don't have to when you're rich. Like, you immediately start chugging back this sparkling water that you only have a couple bottles of. Like, everybody just start gulping it down. I understand you're thirsty, but you don't know yeah, how long dumb. you're going to be on this island. So, you got to <laughs> portion it greedy. Yeah. Greedy asshole. But it's not about, it's not about long-term anything. Sorry. It's about immediate comfort. It's all they know. It's like immediate comfort. She doesn't have a long-term plan besides being a trophy wife, but she knows that she needs some likes <laughs> to keep this relationship and her little uh, jobs and influencer going. Hmm. It's stuff like that. I don't know what Dimitri's long-term plan is or anything. Uh, he just seems to be a thief because at one point, was it Vera? Was it Vera or the other one? Yes. What of his girlfriend's wash up on the shore and he's over there crying and shit like that and then he pulls off her necklace and her bracelet mm-hmm. i was like what and you gonna do with that put it back in his shoe what you gonna do with that mm. you'll eat it mm-hmm. that shit mm. is worthless <laughs> obviously people are gonna be looking for y'all but it's, it's at this point right now in the grand scheme of like survival it's worthless. They're just rocks. Yeah. But they don't give a shit. So, um, <laughs> it's so dumb. Um, and this is when the movie officially lost me. They had me and then they lost me. So Abigail was like, damn, you niggas are stupid. And so she goes and fishes for something. She goes and catches an octopus. Um, and she brings it back. They haven't made a fire because the dumbasses don't know how to make a fire. Even Paula don't know how to make a fire. I feel like Paula should know. I feel like, I'm sorry. She's like the aspiring, she's like the middle class aspiring to be rich or something. Because she don't know how to do shit either. But she go around bossing everybody else around. And try to like delegate some duties that are hers to other members of staff Not on the e- boat. Oh yeah. 
she actually told that first mate guy <laughs> to show that lady around. Oh, the lady with the sails. I wish we had talked about her. The lady who was talking about the sails were dirty. And, and Woody Harrelson was like, this boat don't have no sails, girl. <laughs> it's not that type of boat. She wanted everybody to wash all the sails on the boat. Because the picture when they booked the the cruise had sails. Yeah, the picture of the boat had sails. But the boat that they are on is like a, I think he said it was like a mechanical boat. Um, and so it does not have sales. And she was like, she was so taken aback. <laughs> she was starting to tell her husband, but the boat that we booked had sales on it. She's like, you need to clean the sails. And finally he's like, we will clean the sails. And then she feels better. And I was like, there are no sales. How are you, what are you looking at? Hmm. That the sails are dirty. Not even just the picture. You're not looking at the picture anymore. You're looking at a real boat and you still, are you insane? <laughs> people are not well something to complain about girl that i mean that's also true but complain about something that's real (laughs) please (laughs) complain that the deck is dirty or something carl gets that guy fired because he was looking at yaya the greek guy because he was shirtless on the deck which he's in the hot sun that's stupid I was like, all she did was say nice. Yeah, I was like, y'all don't need to be together. And also, you're a little bitch loser, and I hate you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But all these people have survived. And so Abigail starts cutting up the octopus. She has built a fire. She has cooked the octopus, because I'm sure they didn't know how to do that shit either. All they have done to help her is Nelson moved a log, which I was like, Nelson, if you're a pirate, maybe you would know more. (laughs) If you're not a pirate... I still feel like you would know something. You don't know how to do any of that. <laughs> All you did was move a log from one side of the beach to the other. That's so embarrassing. And Abigail's like, oh, okay. So she ends up splitting the food. So she gives a piece for everybody. And then she keeps the bunch for herself. So she's basically split it. And then Paula gets pissed off. She's like, you need to share with everybody. We all did something. She's like, what did you do? They said, they moved that log. <laughs> It's like I moved, like Nelson moved the log. We all grabbed one stick for the fire and we put the sticks there. I don't even think they did. We that, all pitched honestly. in. I don't think they did that either. I think they just watched Nelson and said, "Good job." <laughs> and they- then Abigail was like, "No, y'all ain't do shit." Cause yes, and I this- caught this octopus. I cooked it. I made the fire. I did all this shit. Yes, I was being lazy as fuck. Yeah. And I was like, damn, okay, I'm with it. I understand. Like the tables have turned the richer now. I mean, the rich are always kind of incompetent, but now it's like at the expense of their lives <laughs> in a very real way. And I was like, okay, I get it. But then the next few scenes, <laughs> it's like, no bitch, you lost me. So I think that first night with Abigail she has the girls watch no she has the girls sleep with her in the lifeboat and the guys are supposed to watch the fire they don't watch the fire and also they steal a bunch of shit from Abigail's bag a bunch of food or whatever and so she realizes the next day she let the fire go they, they let the fire go out so she has to rebuild the fire before she goes fishing again and her punishment is like, y'all not eat anything. <laughs> I'm not feeding you anything. Starve. And uh, I, 
they go i think carl goes looking for stuff on the beach and he finds like some cologne and sprays it on himself and that's about yes. it since carl let the fire grow out it's his fault he's not eating so he's supposed to go find food but he's just looking through like tr- trash it's like trash that's washed up on the island yeah like but it could have been stuff from the boat i mean Something could have washed up from the boat, maybe. <laughs> Something in plastic. That if that's your motivation, that should be the last stop on the food trip. <laughs> you can't drink. You need cologne. to do something else. Like you need food, Carl. You need to eat. You need to eat. He's very unserious. All he knows is how to do is steal. He stole them pretzels. So then. I think they eat again, and this is when Abigail says, Carl, you since you didn't eat tonight, you can sleep with me in the lifeboat. And I was like, oh, that's nice, I guess. And then Nelson was like, can I come? And he, she was like, no, just Carl. And I was like, is this, please don't tell me this is going where I think it's going. And it it was, it did. You it absolutely knew did. because she kept calling him cutie pie. Like when she was threatening everybody, like really? I, I took this part. octopus, who is the captain? And she was oh. pointing at everybody. She was like, who the captain? Who the captain? Who the <laughs> that captain, part was funny. Pie? I <laughs> missed that part. And she, ugh. oh, <laughs> Yeah, so um, Abigail turns into a predator almost immediately. (laughs) And that made me upset because I, like, obviously, if you as a poor person get power, of course you would enjoy that power. But then I was like, why does the, why does the poorest among them turn into a predator almost immediately? Like is like what's the indictment against the poor if they were to assume power that they would just be as bad as rich people? Is that what they're trying to say? Ruben, what's your game? It, are we going for the full power corrupt? Yeah, this is starting to feel like Animal Farm. <laughs> <laughs> it felt exactly like Animal Farm, where they get power and then all of a sudden <laughs> It's all bad. It's even worse than when the, the farmer had control of the farm. Now the pigs got control of the farm and it's worse. They done sent the horse to the glue factory. <laughs> like, what is this? Like, be serious. I He lost me with that one, like for real. What do you think he's trying to say? Do you have an idea? Do you have a theory? I have no theories on this. I feel like this is... <laughs> And I don't, I literally don't know why this is here. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know why this is here other than to play into the manipulation thing with, uh, what's the girl name? Yeah. Yeah. Like that relationship. Um, but I don't know. Cause she's not manipulating anybody. It's just Abigail. And then Carl is like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Because of course Carl's like, I'm not gonna do anything with her. And Yaya's like, yes, you will. <laughs> You're going to do something. Like, why do you think that she wants you in there in the first place? He doesn't have the foresight to see. Like he's oh god. He doesn't have the foresight to see what's happening, but Yaya once it happens, he don't care. Knows exactly what the game play is. Like she could see it exactly. They all what's see it happening. though. They all see it because they immediately start making fun of him. 
Yeah. Everybody also tries to bribe their way into that. Yeah. Balloon. Dimitri said he's going to give them Rolexes or something. Mm -hmm. he, Everybody's yeah. trying to get like $50,000 watches. And I'm just like, again, what's going to, what is this watch? What is this jewelry going to do on this island? <laughs> it's not like she can eat it. Can she eat it? Is it going like, to keep her out of the rain? No. Nobody has an idea of what is truly valuable on the island. And that is food, shelter, and water. You literally, when you're stranded somewhere, you just go back to the basic needs for what you need to survive. Literally, yeah. and that's they don't it. Care. <laughs> they don't care. And they get used to being on the island, but there's like tension, obviously, because they're all making fun of Carl writing the love boat on the side of the lifeboat in the dust. <laughs> and Yaya is, of course, upset. He's talking about he gonna leave her for Yaya. He told Abigail he gonna leave her. No, 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 not leave her for Yaya. Sorry, he told Abigail he gonna leave her, leave Yaya for her. And I was mm -hmm. like, are you serious? <laughs> I think he was. <laughs> I don't I th know. I think he, I honestly, personally think he was very serious about that. I don't think he was playing because He's a lap dog. Yeah, he doesn't, he didn't strike me as a character who has the foresight to play the long game. Like, if Yaya said it, it would be like, okay, this is just a tactic to have an advantage over everybody staying on the island. Mm -hmm. When he said it, it was just like, oh, no, he, that's earnest statement. He meant, he meant that that came from the heart. He, he don't even like this woman, though, but I guess it don't matter because he don't like her. Well, yeah, he don't Yaya don't like him and he don't even care. <laughs> really. <laughs> as long as he gets some, I guess, some privileges of being part of a couple that's cute. Yeah. Mm, gets free Maybe stuff. He, he likes being called cutie pie. He likes the affection. He likes He's a leader. <laughs> being treated with Is privilege. Yeah, he gets pretzel sticks. <laughs> he gets to dick this lady down and give her pretzel sticks. I forgot what he told her on the first night. But he was like, "I." He's like, "I love you. You give me food or something." I was like, "Oh no," because like I didn't. I was hoping, even though the, all the evidence to the contrary, I was hoping that it wasn't real. And then they showed a scene. And I was like, "No, you really have been there with that lady." Mm -hmm. <laughs> with your little curtain, <laughs> got a little little privacy curtain in the lifeboat. Mm -hmm. Very ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and he's not the worst one because I feel like Paul is bad too. Because at one point she's like, "I think these guys need to be punished." Yeah, she she play little ideas. And I also I skipped a part that I meant to mention that Dimitri quotes another. Dimitri does another Marx quote, <laughs> which I think he was saying to Abigail. He said, "From each according to his ability, to each according to his needs." I was like, this is very interesting how you're going to twist this around because it's supposed to be like, if you can do this, then this, these people who need more can get more, you know? But I was like, are you twisting this to be <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> that Abigail is very capable and y'all very needy. So she going to do all the work and y'all going to get all the food. <laughs> is that what you're trying to say? Like, this is supposed to be a society where people can if you can do you do and if you need help you get help <laughs> but they they are convinced that they can't do shit 
Exactly. The best you can do is hold a flashlight when she's walking. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. If Abigail hadn't turned into a predator, I think it would have made a lot more sense. Not more, make more sense, but I would have been like more on board with the movie. I just, I personally just wasn't feeling it. I mean, I laughed at a few parts. I laughed when when Nelson and Dimitri were shaving. <laughs> oh, he was shaving Dimitri, and he's like, "Well, if you were a pirate, like, how much would you earn?" <laughs> and he was like, "Well, <laughs> hypothetically speaking, <laughs> hypothetically, you know, maybe like, like you know, three thousand euros." And Dimitri's like, "You need to get your weight up." <laughs> he's like, "I'm just trying to save money for my girl," and he's like, "She's very expensive." Also, the way they treat Therese is very bad. Or Therese, sorry. Oh, they, they just have her there. Like, she is not yeah. really part of the group. She... Um, well, Nelson starts talking to her because they're talking about uh, they, Carl. They become friends. Yeah, she, Nelson's the... Yeah. He's the friendliest one out of everybody. Like, Paul is still kind of a little bitch. And Yaya's mad, but, like... And Jarmo... <laughs> beats a donkey to death <laughs> yeah he, he provides sustenance for the group yeah after a while i mean he didn't do a good job the first time it was a little no. bit much like you just paralyzed the poor thing but <laughs> i mean eventually and then they paint cave pictures and and oh. jamo does his little uh i guess like art analysis <laughs> of their drawings that part was cute but um the rest of it was a little bit like girl what the fuck yeah, 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 ruined that moment. Yeah, 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 goes up to Jarmo and kisses him because she's mad because she's like, what are you doing? Uh, I guess she's talking about Carl got his hand under Abigail's blanket while they're sitting there. How's yeah, that? his hand was just on the side of the chair, though. It was, but uh, like you get a little too close, too comfortable out in the open. And, she's like, <laughs> and then later in the lifeboat, he's like, we should just declare our love. <laughs> And she's so public. Like, she's no. like, are you dumb? Are you fucking dumb? <laughs> and I'm like, you. She, but then she says he doesn't. He he has a choice. Like he doesn't have to be stuck there with her. And I was like, the choice is dicking you down or starvation. Like he's not. He's dumb, but he's not that dumb. He know. Like he knows he can't survive on his own because he doesn't have he doesn't have the skills they don't have none of these people have skill sets maybe Therese Therese maybe if she uh was more able-bodied but she had a stroke they had her in that damn raft for like a day and I was like is he gonna go get this woman she over there yelling and hollering and I was like please go get this lady (laughs) do not leave her that's so gross and eventually they go get her but I was like that lady need more help than all y'all she cannot communicate. She does not have full um, control of like her limbs. Like one of her limbs doesn't work. Like she can't lift her one of her arms after her stroke. Help her! <laughs> Y'all just gonna leave her for dead? Yeah, this group it's not a good group. I mean, I would, I would have to go to a second location on the island. It's like <laughs> this the where the Dharma Initiative was. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I gotta go to the second location. This is it will become a solo dolo type yeah. sitch. Yeah, I gotta live in the jungle. I can't do this with y'all. Mm-hmm. It'll be it it's it'll turn into like castaway. I give me a little Wilson and we out. <laughs> oh yeah, they were not on Tom Hanks's level in the slightest at all. 
Um, so I think this is towards the end. So a couple things happen where Yaya says she needs the backpack to go hike up the mountain so she can just see some stuff. And Abigail's like, I need to go talk to her, smooth things over, which I don't know if she immediately planned to do what she did once they got up to the mountain. Uh, but it was kind of a power struggle because they get all the way up there and Abigail's all panting and tired and stuff. And Yaya's, I mean, she's physically fit. <laughs> so she at least can climb up a mountain. Um, and they're kind of talking about their differences, I guess, like making polite conversation. But it seemed to me that Yaya was like, damn, you, you slipping back there, bro. <laughs> you huffing and puffing up this mountain. And she just sitting up there like a little model up there. And at the same time, um, Teresa's sitting in her raft like she usually is. And <laughs> this random man comes up to her with t-shirts and hats and Gucci belts and bags and shit. And I was like, what is happening? I was like, wait, wait. He said Gucci bags, Chanel. I was like, a Gucci bag? Where where are y'all? That bag ain't real, number one, unless he picked it up out the water. <laughs> and he doesn't speak English. He doesn't speak German either. And I don't know what language he speaks, to be honest. Um, but... <laughs> The twist is, is that they are not stranded on a deserted island. They are stranded on the other side of res of a resort. Yes. There's been a resort there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense why there was a donkey rather than, like, some sort of scarier animal, I guess. <laughs> you know, the scariest thing on the island is a damn brain donkey. Tourius is trying to get his, like, attention, but she can't. And the guy thinks he wants to fuck her. Or the guy's like, I already have a wife. Don't touch me. Like, he's very scary. Mm. Um, and she's like, no, I try. Like, she's basically, like, trying to tell him that they're stuck there and she can't communicate. So nobody yeah. knows that he was there in the first place because I don't know where everybody else went. So that had me a little stressed out for a little bit. And <laughs> at the same time, Yaya sees an elevator, which is from the yacht or not the yacht it's from the resort and this is about the time that uh abigail realizes that her days are numbered <laughs> yeah like you have you when you return to society you have to return to society so yeah so you're gonna be at the bottom of the toilet pole again yeah um possibly working for one of these people and so she's like which is so weird she says i need to wee wee and then we'll go <laughs> Because she didn't want to go up there. Like, Yaya's trying to get her to go to the elevator. And, and like, she's hugging her and stuff. And Abigail's like, I'm going to take a pee real fast. And then we'll, you know, we'll go up there together. And then she goes and pees. And she goes and grabs this giant fucking rock. <laughs> and she means to hit Yaya in the head. And Yaya doesn't even realize it. Because she's talking about, Abigail, I can help you when we get back to civilization. You can be my assistant. Which... Sounds so terrible, personally. Degrading, but... number one. Why would you think she would want to be your assistant? Y'all are the worst group of people she's ever had to deal with. Yaya's <laughs> mm -hmm. not even paying attention. She's looking at the ocean, telling her yep. all of this. And then Abigail's over there about <laughs> being her in the head with this giant rock. And we don't even see what happens. Nope. 
Because the next shot is Carl running through the jungle, screaming and hollering, which I thought somebody was chasing him. But then it turns out they weren't. <laughs> it was just him freaking out, I guess, trying to figure out if he could get to them in time. I don't know what he thought was going to happen. He's either running to declare his love or running to stop whatever is happening. That's my interpretation of him running. Girl, that's the literal end of the movie. Uh, I I don't know if I recommend this movie, <laughs> to be honest. I thought it it was going a good it was going in a good direction and then it just kind of lost me because I guess in its effort to say like nobody's good in this situation just like I guess no one's good in the capitalism versus Marxism versus social or communism situation or conversation that they were having which I don't feel like that's I feel like there's a clear antagonist <laughs> in that. But um, I don't know. It just kind of went a direction that I was not really jamming with as much as I wanted to, especially since this movie is so goddamn long. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's not badly acted. And I like the deserted island scenes way better because I like that sort of where society has been flattened and we don't have our same um, resources and customs and the hierarchy has been shifted like what will people do like that stuff is interesting but it just wasn't executed in a way that I thought was good (laughs) I don't think I would recommend it I feel like all of these ideas have been explored yeah better in other films um before Mm -hmm. Uh, it just wasn't hitting for me or maybe <laughs> it, it just it just didn't hit for me this time um it was like you said it was a little too long and the ideas just didn't congeal in a way that I found entertaining no it it just didn't work for me um I don't think it did a good job of critiquing the the subjects it was trying to critique well it, it just it just didn't it just didn't do a good job honestly um Yeah, I just feel like it was just kind of saying the same things that we've been saying over and over again for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And at this point, I'm just kind of wondering when we're going to get past the discussion part (laughs) of all of this. Like, yes, rich people are bad. Now what? What will be the next step in that conversation like does it still need to be a conversation and do we need to start picking up things and throwing them do we need to start picking up rocks and <laughs> people in the back of the head i don't know yeah i feel like if we continue to have these conversations you either have to start acting or you have to accept that it is what it is yeah and you can have these conversations using different means of exploring them but essentially you're just going back to the same ideas circling the same old little well and i was you know i don't know i just especially since i just watched the menu not too long ago and that movie is still kind of a mess but (laughs) that has s'mores though bro well s'more outfit i had dude of light in a s'more outfit her little chocolate hat like yeah 
I don't think mass suicide is also the, the way to do it. I don't think that's the one either. But I just was like, this is kind of, I, I feel like it's been brought up a little bit that this subgenre of movie is kind of popular now, um, which is all rich people are bad, which fine, whatever. But, and I don't expect that a movie will have the solve for everything, but it's just, I don't know. It just wasn't really, once you make the the poor person, like the bad person, like just as bad as the rich people, it just kind of bothered me. Hmm. I'm just like, oh, okay. I mean, obviously don't make her like some super saint or whatever, but (laughs) just make her take a little sugar baby, (laughs) bring her to her love nest. She says, I need, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. Mama's tired from cooking out octopus. Come get up in this thing. And I'm like, oh, Um, (laughs) but it's not, it's not like a consensual relationship. He's just a fucking idiot. And he knows that she'll starve him to death if she don't do it or he doesn't do it. We could have had it all triangle of sadness. We'll see how you fare at the Oscars. Yeah, maybe. Because you there and I'm not. that somebody would be like, yeah, you know what? This is a best picture. Stranger things have happened. I live in a world where Green Book has an Oscar for best picture. So I'm not saying that it couldn't happen. I'm just going to say that it's bullshit if it does. <laughs> that will be my reaction. Um, you know, you were going someplace, you just went the wrong direction. And sometimes that happens, you know, it's not the end of the world, but you could do better. How was Force Majeure? Was it like this? Was it better? Did you finish it? Um, I hope you did. Because if you didn't. No, I did not because I realized maybe this man's films aren't ones for me. (laughs) Okay. So I got into about halfway and I was like, you know what? Mm, This isn't for me. And that's fine. Wrong. Yeah, so. sometimes you gotta realize it. Sometimes it's a half an hour in. Sometimes it's two hours and twenty minutes in. Next movie yeah. we pick will have to be a short one because, <laughs> who child? This is a marathon. No, actually, it wasn't that bad. It got a little better after the vomit. The vomit was a chore to sit through. So anyway, do you have a recommendation? Um, no, I don't. I kind of vaguely do like if you want to get into like rich people stuff you could watch the most dangerous game mm. or the hunt oh i love if stuff like that what you want to do if like the ultra rich doing ultra rich things against you know the the populace and then it comes back to bite them you could also watch the version of that with iced tea um which version let of me let me the, find the most the dangerous game yeah it's i see one I just think of the pest. Yeah, any movie where the rich people are hunting people for sport, I I don't know why. Because there's a little bit of that in the menu, and I was like, wait, we 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 tapping into something. We we get into something that Ashley likes. <laughs> um, surviving the game is the most game the most dangerous game for with Ice T. So surviving. And who is hunting him? Gary Busey. Oh. Christ in heaven. <laughs> John C. McGintley is in there as well. And Rutger Howard. Would you would you survive a most dangerous game? Like situation, like if it was like hide and seek. Like you were the one being hunted. Yeah. You would? Um, possibly. Okay. I, I think I could possibly maybe. Okay. I would not. I would give up. I'm not good at running. <laughs> 
very slow runner. Um, get tired very easily. So yeah, you taking me out quick. So please don't put me in a squid game situation either because I'm also not winning. Um, I'm getting taken out pretty early. Uh, so yeah, this movie is a movie. We did not like it that much, but that's fine. If you like this movie, let us know at Black Girl Film Club. Um, sorry, BLK Girl Film Club on Twitter, Black Girl Film Club on Instagram, Black Girl Film Club at gmail.com, blackgirlfilmclub.com. Like, rate, subscribe on various podcast platforms. We everywhere. Uh, we don't actually know what we're going to do next episode. No, but have some ideas swirling. I'm nervous already. Um, so. Yeah, shout out to us for playing the Oscars long game. You may or may not see our ballots <laughs> up um, before the show. Um, I have no way to watch the show, so we'll see how that coverage, <laughs> how long that coverage will extend to. Hopefully there's not another slap-inducing thing. I can't think of anybody who needs to get slapped right now, but um, give me time. <laughs> give me time. I need to think about who's going to be invited. Okay. Is there anything else? No, just once again, thank you guys for listening. We already, we always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. And enjoy the Oscars if you watch that kind of thing, or if you're like me and you forget they exist, I will be forgetting they exist after this episode drops. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, until next time. Bye guys. Bye.